You ready? Vem, tio Kalina, senta aqui com seu pretinho. Vou te pegar no copo e fazer muito carinho. Eu quero um rala quente para te satisfazer. Então escute o refrão do jeitinho que eu vou fazer. Vem, vem, tio Vem aqui pro seu tigrão. Vou te deitar na cama e te dar muita versão. Vem, tchutchuca, vem aqui com seu tigrão. Vou te botar na cama e te dar muita pressão. Thank you, thank you very much. You guys didn't see the dance. She, she didn't want that dancing. You might have heard the dance because of knocking and moving. Because every time Steps moves a muscle, her thing moves too. So, yeah, sound quality is all we have for today. Yes, yeah. and that's me eating a candy drop. You like that ASMR? I hate it. I hate it. They hate it too. Nom, stop. Stop. Okay. All right. You, you know what? I hate people who eat candy like this. Like, Ugh. stop it. Especially grandma, in public. My grandma does that without any candy in her mouth. Just there, she's. And it's very. Maybe very she needs to get her dentures adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> no, my grandma, she is very nonchalant about things. There was one time she was like, she was here in the US and she looked at me and she was like, Carol. And she looked at me and she literally pulled a tooth out. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, because it, it fell from a denture or something. She's like, she, I think it was crown. I don't know what it was, but she pulled a tooth out. And it's like, look what happened, Nick. And I was like, what the fuck you know like those moments that something happens and you're like this didn't happen in front of me right now yeah yeah and it was like why would you come for me for help i'm like 17 i don't know what a dentist is like <laughs> and so yeah no it was fun it was a lot of fun no i'm but not 17 anymore listeners i know you guys don't know how old we are but that was a while ago so she is now 19 oh um, yeah I'm a child. No, bride. but <laughs> I remember when I was little, my, uh, uh, my, not my uncle, my grandpa used to wear a bridge mm-hmm. and, um, like he used to take it out at night and like brush the bridge and just go to bed and like leave it in the bathroom. And I walked into the bathroom and I saw something like over the <laughs> sink and I just kept like staring at it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And mm-hmm. then, like, the next day, I saw him, like, popping into his mouth. And I was, like, so confused. <laughs> I, was, I was very, like, but I didn't ask anyone. I was just, like, okay, that was a little gross. It is the way the world is. It's fine. Anyway, mm-hmm. hello, listeners. Hi. Welcome to Suspiria, a true crime podcast. Where we cover every every single crime, probably, uh, in Latin America. And today we have a... No, let's... Introduce ourselves first. I'm Carol. (laughs) And I am Stephanie. And today we have a nice case of a nice portion of Latin America that we neglect a little bit. I'm really sorry. Central America. We're talking about Nicaragua. Yay. Yay. It's not a nice crime, though. It's it's a sad... What crime is not a nice crime? No, this is like a little... You know what? I'm going to leave my thoughts to the end of this. But okay. it wasn't so bad. You know what? I I will let you guys form your opinion. <laughs> we will be the, the judges at the end. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So, 
On today's episode, we will cover one of the most famous murders in Nicaragua, which became known as the ultimate act of vengeance against sexism. This is literally like the translation of what a lot of sources call this crime. Although we typically like to focus on the victim in this podcast as a whole, as you guys know, you've been with us for over a year, so you must know this already. You will soon realize that this case is a bit unique in that regard. This episode will talk about the murder of Santiago Campuzano. So, for the research on this podcast, we use uh, the following sources. The newspaper La Prensa, um, El Ego Critico, and SomosCentroAmerica.com, and uh, The World News. So... This is a really, 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 really old case. It's a famous case, Mm -hmm. but it's very, very old. And while researching it, I ran through that same problem that we've mentioned here before, where there was like very few sources, each one paraphrasing the other. And actually, a lot of the articles on La Prensa, uh, no, not La Prensa, I'm sorry, there's a, a lot of articles on uh, a newspaper that became La Prensa. Mm. So, like, the old page that was bought up by La Prensa wasn't mm-hmm. um, accessible anymore. So, I had to go into, like, the Wayback Machine <laughs> and try to find, like, old copy. Yeah, so... We're very committed to research in this podcast. It might not <laughs> exactly. seem like it, but... Because we joke yeah. around a lot. Very committed. And, like, this is a very interesting case because there's a lot of questions that were left unanswered afterwards. And I tried my best to find, like, the most current news on this case. But, like, there isn't really. It's, like, everyone linked to this murder just, like, faded out of existence after, Mm -hmm. like, 1950. So... Yeah, because, I mean, what sucks about these old crimes, too, is that unless it's, like, a cold case that something else happens, people just, like, die off, you know? Like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, you know, 1950s, but, like, yeah. you know, it comes a time that all the witnesses die and all the investigators die, and so, like, you don't have anyone else to interview about this, so reporting on it just becomes, you know, retelling the story, yeah, which has already been exactly. told a hundred times. So, yeah. yeah, it's what we're doing now, guys. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, we, we're trying at least. Okay. Santiago Campuzano was... Um, did I say that right? Yeah, Campuzano? Yeah. Campuzano. I think so. I don't know. It was a master cabinet maker who lived in Leon, Nicaragua in 1950. Leon is the second largest city in Nicaragua and is the capital of the Leon department as you would expect. (laughs) So rather than having states, Nicaragua has departments, much like many, many other Latin American countries. The Mm -hmm. details on his background aren't very known due to to the fact that we don't have access to a lot of the original source material in this case. But it is known that he was born in Chinadenga to a low-income family. He became a carpenter and rose to and rose through the ranks of the profession, becoming a teacher, which is a title that back then was only given to those who absolutely stood out in their field. 
His works were considered truly works of art and were only accessible to a select group of clients belonging to the highest ranks in society. So Santiago had managed to establish himself and his family a solid higher economic position, which is very impressive that he's doing that with like cabinets. Yeah, I That's know. That's amazing. Yeah, no, and yeah. it says that like only like the most um I forget the exact word that they used to describe it, but it was like only like the creme de la creme would have hmm. his cabinets at their homes. So that says a lot because it's like who cares about cabinets? That you, I, you have design cabinets. I mean, you can worry about design imagine now all the carpenters that listen to this podcast are just gonna <laughs> spam and be like, "Excuse me, bitch! I care about cabinets." No, cabinets are very about? important part of the home. I'm sure you just Don't get you mad just, at you. Literally just said, "Who cares about cabinets?" One second. No, I'm talking ago. about like you know if you're designing a home and you want. Everything to be like a design, you know, uh, very posh quality stuff. She does know? not want to get lynched by the <laughs> carpenters and cabinet makers. I really appreciate cabinet makers, okay? My family had a cabinet maker. I mean, no, hang on. That sounds like slavery, no. We had like a person <laughs> that, that sounds like slavery. <laughs> no, we didn't have a cabinet. No, hang on. Stop. Oh That's going to be Stop. the quote for the for the episode on my Instagram post. I'm writing it out right now. That sounds like slavery. No, hang on. No, 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 no. No. Let me explain. Let me allow me to explain. We had a carpenter that was like everyone in the family used. No, and we still use him. Because he is really good at what he makes. So I understand the sentiment of having a really good carpenter and really good cabinet maker. Because the guy did all of our, like, stuff at the house. Like, all of our desks, all of our closets, everything we had. Mm -hmm. Like, and still, he does that to, like, everyone in my family. We love him. Jovan, if you're listening. <laughs> I miss you, Jovan. I need some cabinets. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway. Okay. Jovan was not our slave. Let's... I want to... <laughs> <laughs> let's let's clear. get away from uh, um carol's slave owning um and yeah anyway um so santiago lived smack dab in the center of leon with his wife hertudis sequeira also known as tulita uh she was also from chinandega and his daughter blanquita her name was blanca but everybody called her blanquita he had built the house that they lived in himself. Uh, the grounds where the house was built ha at had previously been a children's park and would later hold the social security building for uh, Leon. Uh, his wife's age is unknown and there's a bit of discrepancy as to what Blanquita's age was. Some sources list her as being 19 and other as being 25. What is known though, is that she attended the very exclusive school Santa Rosa and years later she would graduate as a teacher. So eventually she became a teacher. Santiago was known as a neat man, which is literally like the translation of how they described him as a neat man, uh, who was somewhat well-spoken. He always dressed himself in white. From his shirt all the way down to his shoes. That's <laughs> so creepy. He, like it made me think of a Pai Santo. 
<laughs> yes. I'm I was thinking like, about maybe like he was a pie de santo. He's all in white. Uh, yeah, exactly. We talked about the Boto here. Last year's Halloween episode. Many associated the way that he dressed with his character and considered him the most respectable of men around there. The truth, however, was a bit different. So it's funny how like people will associate like random shit like colors and like the way people speak to their character because like that has nothing to do with nothing. That man, he walks up in front of my house every day. He wears white. It's a great person. I've never seen him do anything bad. It's yeah, great. like he's always dressed in white. That means he's a good person because bad people, they always dress in black with a red tie and a cape. The devil. As opposed. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. They need to signal to society that they're evil. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I walk around like that every day so except when i'm trying to get a loan or something then i dress all in white (laughs) (laughs) steph almost like puked (laughs) the water okay (laughs) yes i did because i was drinking water water was like (laughs) santiago was a very domineering and aggressive man he had had an affair with a woman named with a woman named christina centeno for several years if it's several years, I feel like it's not an affair anymore. You know, just get straight, right? I mean, I don't know. I feel like she. I feel like he was just like a Mormon, and he had multiple families. <laughs> she lived on the other side of Leon <laughs> in a barrio called El Coyotat. No, Coyolat. Coyo. Coyolat. Coyolat. I feel like I'm ruining that word with my Brazilian accent. He was apparently very <laughs> he was apparently very much in love with her and had had four children with the woman. So it is a two family kind of situation. Yes, exactly. After all. Back home he held Blanquita and Gertrudis practically hostage. The man was basically obsessed with his daughter. While he was alive, he did not let any boy approach her or try to court her. Mm-hmm. He shooed the neighborhood man away from his house. <laughs> I'm just picturing that situation. Just him sitting in the gate, like in a plastic <laughs> yeah, chair, like dressed all in white. With a fly swatter. She's not here. <laughs> like, you know, like the a fuck dog. away from my daughter. Like. It's like, sir, I'm just here to sell a one. I'm not. <laughs> okay. So he turned he he turned the house into an impregnable stronghold and this had worked out very well for years as no one dared to even look Blanquita's way okay according to Gertrudis and Blanquita I feel like I'm murdering her name man how, how would you say that Gertrudis 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 this Gertrudis Gertrudis and Blanquita. Santiago mm-hmm. worshipped his alcohol and became a monster when he drank. He would roam the dark and deserted streets of Leon every night, drunk as a skunk trying to make his way home. He would practically crawl, banning himself over because of the large amounts of alcohol that filled his body. Once he crossed the doorway, the nightmare began for the two women. 
So, unbeknownst to the public, Santiago had started sexually abusing Blanquita just as she turned 11. Her and her mom had endured 14 years of abuse by the time of his death. So, that's where the discrepancy with her age is. Because some places said that she was 19. Mm -hmm. But if she was 19 and he he began raping her at 11, then it wouldn't have been 14 years. So, uh, he frequently... um, beat Hetrudis to a pulp using a wooden ruler. Um, he raped the girl in front of her mother several times. He would sometimes tie them both up yeah. with ropes to the same bed and rape them alternately. Yeah, so sorry, listeners. I did not give you a warning for that. <laughs> I mean, I, according with a warning, I don't think listening to that would be any easier, though, so... Yeah. Oh, man. So according to writer Sergio uh, Ramirez, Santiago took pleasure in having the mother see what he was doing to their daughter and vice versa. So on January 1950, understandably fed up with the situation, Hertrudis decided to take matters into her own hands. Well, sort of. She contacted Francisco Solis Gonzalez, who was 18, uh, Francisco Morales, who was listed as Francisco Moran in some sources, so we're not sure whether Morales or Moran is his last name, and Pedro Mena, who are believed to have worked for Santiago in the past, uh, and she contacted them with the quote-unquote business proposition. She offered each of them a small fortune of 1,000 Cordobas, which I have no idea what the fuck that uh, sums up to. But like back then, it was a small fortune. Um, And also a house located in the Barrio San Jose de Leon for the murder of her husband. So each of them would get 1,000 and they would all get to split the house. They happily accepted the offer. But the execution of the plan would not take place for a while. On Wednesday, May 24th, 1950, Santiago snored peacefully on his bed, which he had fallen upon as soon as he entered the the house. He was obviously sedated by his faithful companion, alcohol. Hetrudis and Blanquita opened the door and confirmed that the man was asleep prior to signaling to the two men who stood right before right behind them two of the men entered the room each standing by opposite sides of the bed while francisco morales stood by the door pedro hit santiago's forehead with a hammer and he exclaimed oh mamita yes that was the last thing he ever said (laughs) yeah that was i thought it was like okay I'm sorry. I feel like I can make a little bit of fun of the victim in this case because he was a fucking rapist, abusive yeah. piece of shit. But like the thought of the last thing he ever said being, oh, mamita, <laughs> that cracks me up. I'm sorry. When I read that, I was dying laughing for like five minutes. I'm so sorry. I'm going to no, help. Don't it's be fine. sorry. Dude, this makes me wonder, wonder, like, what would I say if I woke up in the middle of the night? <laughs> Like that. Getting bludgeoned to death. Because, like, you don't expect it to make sense. I mean, maybe, like, a what the fuck or wow, you know, or something like a what? I don't think I would say anything. I'd be like, 
and just die. <laughs> just like quietly. a really strong look. Like <laughs> yeah, it's just side eye you real yeah. hard, and Anyways. that's it. So he wouldn't speak ever again because he died. Francisco mm-hmm. Solis started stabbing Santiago's throat with a six-inch dagger, frightened by the threats coming from Pedro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once the deed was done, it was time to clean things up and somehow find a way to justify the man's death. The Tokyo Drift's happening on my street right now. Gertrudis changed Santiago's torn and blood-stained clothes with the help of Blanquita. They dragged the body out of the bedroom and posed it on the hallway to make it seem as though he had collapsed upon reaching said hallway and somehow had been wounded. I mean, he fell on a knife a few times, right? Yeah, yeah. and like on a hammer. Uh-huh. Like, Unfortunately, the plan did not work. For like surprise. obvious reasons, I feel so bad for these women yeah, because too, like man. they're they're being terrorized for like years. Like, yeah. okay, he he's been like raping the girl for fourteen mm-hmm. years, but like who knows how long before that he was already abusing yeah, the mom. Yeah, I mean, this is a, for sure an abusive person. Like this stuff doesn't doesn't just happen. Some you know, like yeah, and click, like like all of a sudden they clearly like they're clearly not criminals because. Yeah. Who the heck thinks that this is going to stick? So upon arriving at the scene on Thursday morning, those who visited the house were assuming that they were neighbors, police and such. But it literally said like people who visited the house. Who the hell is visiting a crime scene? Touristic location, man. (laughs) Like, like, what is this? So the people who came by the house thought it was very strange that the man wore impeccable clothes while his head was quite literally torn to shreds. Like, there was no stains or anything on his clothes, but like his head was, it looked like it had been in a blender. Things were not adding up at all. Some investigated the house more thoroughly and they were shocked to find bloody clothes in the bathroom. Although the women cried, they weren't very convincing, and by 11.30 p.m., they had confessed to the crime. On Friday, May 26, the newspaper La Prensa wrote about the case. They titled, uh, sorry, no, that, that's a lie, that's not when they titled it. Erase all of that. On Friday, May 26th, the newspaper La Prensa wrote about the case. This is what they said. The whole city is horrified by, by what is probably the most atrocious murder committed in Lyon and perhaps one of the most atrocious in the country. The soulless women confessed that they had planned ahead the murder of their husband and father. During her confession, Hetrudis wore black as she mourned the death of Santiago. So she was in mourning, even like while she was in prison. This is how much like this guy probably manipulated her. Syndrome, yeah. The public and authorities were shocked to find out that Blanquita was six months pregnant with a child that was a direct consequence of the so-called neat cabinet maker. No. Mm-hmm. <gasps> you did not see that coming, did you, listen? Oh, my God. Yeah. Whew. 
Blanquita, <laughs> Blanquita told the reporter Francisco Tijerino Prado, my mother didn't believe me at first. And then I had to resort to giving her a demonstration so she could figure out how to stop the abuse. We are, we are assuming that this happened prior to Santiago's raping her in front of Gertrudis. Um, because, you know, she would, she also said that on the day Gertrudis found Santiago raping her, the mother got one of the biggest beatings of her life. Yeah. Gertrudis lunged at him, trying to get him off the girl, and he turned into a beast, beating her until she couldn't move and turned right back to raping Blanca right in front of her. Blanquita stated, it was then, then a rebellious feeling started building up inside of us. I was disgusted by my father until we moved not towards vengeance, but in search of freedom. And that's how my mother, and that's how my mom orchestrated my father's death with my consent. Oh my god. How can they yeah. say these women are like murderous, you know? Yeah, the soulless women. No, they're trying they have to like a lot of soul, like clearly. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to defend themselves. Uh-huh. Not that we condone murder. But oh, no, you know, it's nineteen fifty in Latin America. The police are not gonna help them. Yeah, exactly. Especially let's be real 50s. here. <laughs> yeah, no, what like, can let's be real? real. Yeah, I mean it's Yeah. I mean Despite the very clear and if you ask some understandable circumstances that led to the murder, a big portion of Nicaraguan society shunned and shamed the women. The, the trial was the talk of the country and La Prensa titled it, quote, Leon is descending on the campus and the women. Although a piece published by the paper on May 30th was titled, quote, The People with the campus and the Women. Mm-hmm. According to the historian Bayardo Cuerda, Bayardo Cuadra, the women were victims of sexism, seeing that no respectable lawyer wanted to tarnish their reputation by standing as a part of their defense team. Yeah. <sighs> it's not even a bad, a hard case to defend, you know? But I mean, I understand. Yeah. People are just probably pissed. Like, how dare you? kill this respectable man how dare you not accept being abused for the rest of your yeah. life how dare you stick up for yourself newly graduates Ali Venegas and Fernando Centro Zapata defied expectations and risked ruining their careers by standing by the women they were later praised for their ba- bravery which isn't really bravery if you ask me they're just being decent humans. Yeah, but, but sometimes that takes bravery, bravery to, like, I guess. You know, inspired situations. I guess yeah. so. I guess knowing the risk and like you know, being like, yeah, I don't care. I have my morals. Yeah, exactly. Standing up for what you believe. That's what we're telling you all the time. What's right? You know it. Yes. So, Hertrudis informed authorities that the men who helped her go through with the murder were hidden in a property that belonged to Santiago. Police were able to arrest the two Franciscos, but Pedro fled without leaving a trace. He would months later be shot dead after refusing to surrender. Convenient, if you ask me. 
Uh, Francisco Morales slash Moran told La Prensa that we didn't want to accept the proposition from the women, but they kept insisting and went as far as drafting up a contract that said that we would kill Santiago, which not sure if I believe that, but yeah, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, but that's what he said, like. I don't know. I feel like he was just trying to like throw them under the bus. So, as per October, as per an October twentieth publication by the same paper, the men who were implicated in the murder were sentenced to twenty years in prison, as was Hertrudis. We weren't able to find out how many years Blanquita was sentenced to, or if she was sentenced at all. But what we do know is that she gave birth to her son slash brother in the La Candilera women's prison and was subsequently set free six months after the murder with the baby in her arms. Fernando Centeno Zapata was credited with having set her free. Hours before his death, Santiago had sold the very same property in which his murder his murderers hid from police for 10,000 Cordobas, which mysteriously disappeared. According to Hertrudis, Pedro Mena, aided by the police, stole the money. What happened to the women after sentencing remains unknown. To this day, this is still one of the most famous murders in Nicaraguan history. And that was it, guys. I mean, it probably disappeared themselves, you know. Yeah. Like because it probably it, changed their name. Yeah, change your name, move to a new town, dye your hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's it. All it took in the 50s. All it took. Better yeah. times. Yeah. But I really wanted to find out whether, like, Hedrudis actually stayed in prison for that long. Mm-hmm. And, like, what happened to the brother's son? It's probably what still happened to Blanquita? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah. And I found a picture of her, Blanquita. Like, there's very few pictures of this case. Mm-hmm. I think there's only three of them, actually. Um, and none of the victim. Wait, wait, wait. But I don't think we want to see his dumb ass anyway. Uh, but she looks like she's 12. <laughs> Blanquita. Looks so young. I mean, you'd imagine. Her mom right? doesn't look because old either. That was so sheltered and, like, kept inside, probably. You know? Mm hmm. Like, zero time to mature in anything. I mean, she had to mature in other ways, but... Yeah. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, this was our first Nicaraguan Mm -hmm. case, I believe, so... Yeah. I'm not happy that we shared this horrible story with you, but I am happy that you now know about this case and that if anyone ever asks you oh do you know about true crime in Nicaragua you can be like um yeah Santiago Campuzano hello mm-hmm. now you, you sound smart at parties yes, boy do I have a podcast for you exactly mm-hmm. now you oh, my chair is not big enough for my butt hold on my butt is not that big the chair is just really small um yeah, I know, but, like, 
thing is, with this podcast, we do have, like, a gigantic, ginormous list of cases. So big. But we try to, like, alternate the cases that we have on that list with, like, unknown cases. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy to find this. Um, Not happy that I couldn't find a lot information on it, but happy. It's really hard to find, like, cases like that. You know, we have to really scour the internet to find interesting murders yeah. that like you know no one covers because you know there's some land american true crime out there that is very known that all podcasts cover you know which cases we're talking about listeners and we don't want to do that <laughs> i mean maybe <laughs> if you guys ask but like you know i mean it's what we said i'm gonna re- i'm gonna reiterate just in case someone asks about it i'm never doing the lead mask case not here not on the second <laughs> podcast we're not doing it i am not I might do it just to piss off by Carol. yourself. And I'm not going to listen to the episode. <gasps> the betrayal. Stop making noise. It's going to be picked up by the mic. I'm going to have to edit it. They would have to deal with listeners. Hmm. Take me home tonight. I don't wanna let you go till you see the light. I just thought about a thing that I wanna do in um a future case that I wanna do. But I feel like it's not really a case. It's gonna be like it is anthology the word that I'm looking for? It's more like a historical thing. I really like. I really want to start doing more historical cases, but they're just. So it's much a historical research. thing that also involves crimes, mm-hmm. but it's not your typical, you know, serial killer, blah blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Like assassination. I'm gonna write it on my thing. I've yeah, been working yeah. on an assassination in Colombia for a little bit of time now. No spoilers, but also already spoiling it. I'm not gonna say the person's name, but if you're Colombian, you already know. And it's super interesting, and it's, like, unsolved and stuff. And I'm, like, super excited about covering it. But it's just a lot of research, you know, because I also want to be smart. I don't want to make it seem like I am, you know, that I'm, like, doing my research and I understand about those things because, I mean, we have a historical case about two political figures coming out, too, very soon. So, two very prominent No, but the thing is... The thing is, um, I feel like the case that I want to do will, um, people will either love it or hate it Mm. because it's a very controversial thing, historical figure Mm. in Brazil. Is it Lula being arrested? No. No. I'm trying to think of controversial things. I'm like, I can only think about... Controversial historical figure that involves crimes. GV? Getulio Vargas? No. No. Historical. Lumpio. Lumpio. Dude, we need to cover Lumpio. Yeah, it's controversial, but we can like we can do it. 
Yes, let's do a PO next. I'm going to do it. No, next, probably soon. That. Lining up on the list. Put him, put him on the... I, no, I already wrote on my sticky note. I'm I'm doing it. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, Limpio. I totally forgot. I think we talked about it when we first started. Like, yeah, we need to do Limpio or something. I don't know, but I hope you're cutting all of this so people don't copy yeah, our ideas. Know how to write Limpio. They don't have the uh, sound. They don't know how to write what it. If there's, what if there's a Brazilian listener? Well, they already know about Limpio. Yeah, but they're maybe they didn't have the idea to do Lumpion, their own podcast. So how was your week, Steph? How was my week? Ugh. What do you mean? Oh, you no went back comments. on a trip. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Where were you last <laughs> I week? I forgot about that. Totally forgot. Yeah, I that. forgot. I'm like, how was my week? Ugh. <laughs> no, I did. I went to Portugal, guys. Yeah. And um. I went to Portugal. The one over there? Yeah, the the, not in Latin America. Uh, the one with the colonizing and the gold. Yeah, the, the colonizer place. Uh-huh. I went to Portugal, went to Lisbon, and, I, you know, I was sightseeing. Um, what did I do? I did a lot of sightseeing. Mm-hmm. Um It was my first trip by myself. So I was pretty proud. I've never traveled by myself. I uh don't even like dining alone. Yeah. I don't like I don't like doing things alone in general. Like I hate people, but I <laughs> do not like doing things yeah. like eating out by myself, um I don't know, anything, doing laundry by no. Doing laundry. So it was yeah, no. So it was challenging. Um but definitely worth it. Um, would I go back to Portugal to see my uncle? Yes, as a tourist, maybe. Uh, I there was there were two towns actually that I really wanted to go to. Uh, one was like way up north, and the other one was way down south. And I was like in the middle, so I was like fuck. So I didn't get to see those. Um, but like Lisbon. Not really my vibe. It's a very good um, destination for people who are like into like historical sites and you like more of like a chill type of thing. I like more of a drunk type of thing. <laughs> drunk and sitting down, not uh, hiking. Okay. So, um, also, I thought it was pretty fucking rude that. Whenever, like, local... Well, I don't want to say every local, but, like, a lot of the locals, when they heard me speak Portuguese with my beautiful Brazilian accent, they gave me the side eye. Uh. So I I started speaking English all the time when I was there, Mm. which might surprise some of you, but I'm pretty good at that, Um, (laughs) at speaking English. Um, So, yeah, that was a little annoying. uh, But I got to see my uncle, who was, like, my favorite uncle, um yeah so that was good they stamped my passport when i came back in this has never happened to me before they just usually just look at me and they're like okay (laughs) then they stamped it i'm like why but you said you want to go to portugal i want to go to portugal someday because i mean my family is portuguese 
So I want to go to like the town where my family started. And I want to go to Porto someday. Have some wine. Yeah, I didn't go to Porto. Yeah. I don't like wine, but um, yeah. No, I went to a lot of um, yeah, I go to Lisbon too. touristy places. Yeah. Um, But it's hard like traveling by yourself because like mm-hmm. there's no one to take your pictures or like do stuff with you. I feel like when you're like planning a trip, you're like, I'm going to do so much stuff. I'm going to go this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be all by myself doing so many things. I'm going to go so many places. Then you get there and you're like, I don't want to go anywhere. You know? Like, I'm ready. No, but it's cool because like I was forcing myself because yeah. like on, um, what was it? The last day, the last full day that I was there, it was like cloudy and like drizzling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to stay in. And I'm like, no, the fuck I'm not. Like, I paid a lot of money for my tickets to get here. (laughs) I am paid for this Airbnb. I can just sit at home at home. Yeah, So I'm going out. So I went and I took a ferry boat into town. Mm. Then I took two different trains, one of which smelled like piss. (sighs) Um. And, like, I took, like, two different trains, and I was on a train for over an hour. And then I took a bus up a mountain and got to a castle, and I had to hike. And I was sweating my ass off. My tits were sweating. My back, every crevice of my body was sweating. And I looked like a hot mess on the top of that motherfucking mountain in the castle ruins. And not only did I do all of that, but I also... Got the courage to ask some girl to take a picture of me, which she did pretty badly, but at least have a picture. She did it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. What did you do, Carol, uh, this what past did week? I do. I mean, not much, honestly. I've been watching a lot of like YouTube videos, like just trying to like relax because I'm like about to move to a different place and I'm like in that point that it's too early to start packing. But also, I need to start thinking about it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm just trying to relax. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah, I'm yeah. going to have back pains for a month now because this will happen like less time I move. Because <laughs> we're like, we're not going to hire movers. We're just going to pick lists all the heavy Yeah, boxes. we can do it ourselves. Yeah. No, don't mm-mm, do that. Mm-mm. That's always a bad idea. If you're on the process of moving, <laughs> you're in the process of moving, hire movers. It's so worth it. Yeah. Like my friend did it the last time he moved because when he moved into his old apartment, he just did it all by himself, right? Mm-hmm. Then the last time he moved, he was like, fuck it. He paid this group of people, like, $175. And, like, he was like, I just went to the bar, and, like, I had a few drinks, and then all my stuff was in my new place. And I didn't have to do anything, so. Such a dream, man. I'm excited because I might have a new recording studio. Today, my recording studio is my desk, and I might have a real closet that I can go in and go back in the closet, guys. And can we dance in the closet? Maybe. I'll see. Yay. Yay. So yeah, I'm gonna have a dance party in the beginning of every episode of just one person alone in the closet. Very sad. Remember when I used to record in the closet? Trapped in a closet? <laughs> I don't anymore. I mean it's like you can hear on some episodes, like from about more than a year ago, like say a year and a few months ago. Uh, you can hear because my closet was underneath the stairs, and you can hear people coming up and down stairs. 
you know and sometimes i edit it out but sometimes it was in because if we just like storm up the stairs and you hear it it's almost like a harry potter kind of situation it's where i used to record a podcast and so yeah you can still hear it we could have called this the harry podcast god uh-huh. damn it there you go some idea listeners but you have to record underneath stairs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the harry podcast definitely so yeah let's move to shout outs shall we shout 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 out shout 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 out everybody okay i'm done you're done yeah <laughs> so we have quite a few this week we have william anderson leanne lachelle nayeli erica melissa stephanie actually special shout out stephanie not this one but the other one that has been listening to the podcast both of them actually we will congratulate the listeners that listen to both okay Yay. Yeah, Deborah, Andresa, Vanessa, and Thomas, who left us a gift this week. An iTunes review, which is so great that you can do it too, listener. And Rebecca, Rebecca who definitely. gave us a shout out right. in a secret Facebook group, mm-hmm. which Kara's not part of because she's not special. I'm not special enough, definitely but. not. But Steph saw it. So, yeah, it good. I saw yeah it. thank you so yeah. much, Rebecca. Rebecca's been listening to the episodes and she's been liking it. So you guys can definitely Yay. tell us if you like the podcast or not. We thrive on that kind of attention. I just need attention. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. You just to have want positive attention. Feedback. You don't want my heart, baby. You just said I be with someone. Else. I am great. My my impressions <laughs> in this podcast. This is what this is what people are here for. Definitely. Me singing. Definitely. The one person is still listening to this one. <laughs> <laughs> My mom. Yeah. My mom listens to the end of it. Okay, anyway. you guys. I think this is about it. All right. Good. Okay. Yes. Uh, ciao. Later, Sardis. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao!